episode number 312 with New York Times best-selling author Chris Gillibo. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Jimmy Dean said, I can't change the direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails to always reach my destination. Isn't it funny sometimes how things happen in our lives, in our businesses, in our relationships, where we can't change the way things happen, the direction of things, but we can always adjust the way we look at it. We can always adjust our attitudes around it to reshape the direction in order to reach our destination. I'm very excited to be on with you guys in this episode, and thank you guys for being here. We've got my good friend, Chris Gillibo. And for those that don't know who Chris is, he is a New York Times bestselling author and a modern-day explorer. He's traveled to every country in the world, and every summer in Portland, he hosts the World Domination Summit, which I had the pleasure of speaking at last year. It was about 3,000 people. And it was an incredible experience. He's also the founder of Pioneer Nation, Unconventional Guides, The Travel Hacking Cartel, and numerous other creative projects. And we go deep in this episode. I got a text message after doing this interview with Chris saying, thanks for you know, facilitating this interview with me because there are some things that I hadn't ever shared that I got to share with you in this interview. And uh, there were some times in this interview where uh, things get really raw and real. And Chris opens up in a way, again, that he's never opened up. And uh, I hope you guys really get a lot out of this and you take a lot out of it. Some of the things we cover is how to speak and connect with a broad, diverse audience. If you're trying to figure out what your passion is, you got to make sure you do this one thing when you're trying to figure it out. Also, why winning all the time isn't necessarily a good thing when it's a good idea to give something up and to not continue to force something and how to live in the present moment when you are grieving. Again, we went pretty raw and intimate in this conversation and uh, we had one direction we were going, uh, but uh, the winds changed our sails <laughs> and we ended up going in a different direction. So... I hope you guys get a lot out of this episode. Also, a couple of side notes. Chris inspired me. You know, he has created this event called the World Demonation Summit. He has inspired me. When I went to it last year and I spoke at it, I was moved by the community, by the inspiration, by the magic that was created. As well, we are releasing the first time a full transcript of this interview. So if you want to check it out and download the transcript as well and read along when you're, while you're listening or just download it later, go ahead and check that out and let me know what you guys think of that. Leave a comment at the end of lewishouse.com slash 312 and let me know if you like having a transcript, if it's helpful for you, if you would like me to continue producing transcripts of all these interviews moving forward uh, based on your comments uh, we'll see if enough people want this and we'll continue to do it or not. This is just a little test run right now. Again, I'm very pumped and excited to introduce to you the one, the only, Chris Gillibo.
We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest. His name is Chris Gillibo. What's up, man? Good What's up, to man? see you. How you doing? Doing great. Awesome. Thanks for being here. You've got a new book out called Born for This. And uh, it's all about how to find the work you were meant to do. Make sure you guys pick this up today ASAP. Get a copy. It's going to be a game changer for you. You've also written a couple other books, New York Times bestseller of The Happiness of Pursuit, Finding the Quest That Will Bring Purpose to Your Life. So if you guys don't have this one, just get both at the same time. Um, so it's good to see you, man. It's good, good to see you, too. It's good that you came here for LA. I'm excited for the book. I'm excited for everything that's going on in your life. And for those that don't know who Chris is, you have been, you know, a big time travel blogging, travel hacking guy for many years, like ten years or something. You've been eight years or so. Eight years. You've been yeah. writing about it. You've built this community sure. of mostly a lot of travel hackers, then entrepreneurs, then just people that want to have a great life, essentially, right? Yeah, I've never had a demographic. You know, <laughs> right. I've had like a psychographic of yes. people interested in fun stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. And you started a conference called World Domination Summit. Yep. That where you were a keynote speaker. Yes, it's last five year. years old now or five? Yeah, going into six. Six years. Yeah. And I, I attended this. I've been to a lot of events and this is one of the best I've ever been to. It's like it's just so inspiring. It gets people motivated and, and the, the speakers are so talented and the information and the experiences. So you really do it right. And I'm essentially modeling an event around kind of what you've done. So thanks for leading the way. That's awesome. And um Tell me about that experience of why you decided to start an event and how it's changed your life or your business or your community because of having one, the importance of that. Yeah, well, it's totally changed my life. And it was a very organic thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I started with a business strategy of, okay, I'm going to you know, incorporate this <laughs> event into my sales goal or something yeah. like that. Uh, I, I wrote a book called The Art of Nonconformity when I was first starting and... I went on the road to all 50 states and met wow. readers like everywhere. I did my own little book tour. And yep. in some places, there'd be like 50 people. In other places, there'd be five, you know, and that was cool. Right. And um, I just knew right from the beginning that there was something special about my community or you know, the community. It's not just mine. You know, it's they're just wow. awesome people. And I wanted to do anything I could to connect them. Yeah. And I wanted to like, it's awesome to see great people in LA or Portland or wherever, but there's people like all over the world and can't we bring them together? So mm. the, the initial idea was, uh, let's do an in-person gathering yeah. and, and let's not make it all about entrepreneurship, even though there's a lot of entrepreneurs there and not all about travel, even though there's a lot of active travelers mm -hmm. or arts or, you know, education or whatever. Let's just bring together like-minded people, uh, who share these values 
And the values we ended up with were community, adventure, and service. Mm. So that's what we decided to build it around. And it it was very organic. You know, didn't know what we were doing, <laughs> didn't know anything about running events. Yeah. Um, and maybe that was for the better in the long run. Right. You know, the first year was kind of hard in terms of logistics and just getting overcharged for things and not knowing how to do production and all that stuff. But I think if you get some of the the fundamentals right, if you have the right people, you know, then you can kind of figure out all that stuff later. So right. just grew from there. And how many people have attended over the last five years? Uh, more than 10,000. <laughs> 10,000? More than 10,000 have been part of the main event. And wow. then uh, now we're going to some secondary events uh, as well so that we can sure. serve more people. That's amazing, man. And how has it changed your life or your business? And also, how has it changed your life and business? But also, what do you say to someone who doesn't have a specific niche? You know, because you're speaking mm, to a broad sure. range of, you know, it's kind of like the school of greatness. It's like, well, who's my audience? It's, yeah. it's a little bit of everyone, you know, right, these right. demographics. So, yeah, well, I think that's a strength. I mean, yeah. I think that's a, that's a strength, not a weakness. And in my case, like when I started the blog and wrote the book and started all this stuff, I had done a lot of stuff beforehand and sometimes kind of given up on it or mm -hmm. didn't see it through. And I knew I wanted this to be special. And so I had to pick something that was deliberately broad. Yeah. Like I had to, because I'm like, I, I need to do a lot of different things, you know, to, to be satisfied or to keep going. Right. So that's why it was like nonconformity. For your own fulfillment. For my own fulfillment and my own motivation. To be and bored. To, to be, yeah. And to, and also to serve the community, like to yeah. be able to truly serve them. But as for how it's, it's changed and impacted me, I mean, everything I've done since then kind of, I can trace it back to that, mm -hmm. to that, that movement and those initial conversations and, all the books that I've written, a lot of the people wow. stories are in them or, you know, have been referred to different people or something. So, yeah, I mean, everything I do is kind of oriented around that. Right. And so why did you decide to uh, talk about this book? Why Born for This? How to Find the Work You're Meant to Do? So I try to pay attention to conversations and, mm. you know, themes. And, and I was talking to a lot of different people who talked about finding their dream job or creating their dream job. Mm -hmm. And they used kind of similar language. They talked about winning the career lottery. Like, I feel like I won the lottery and like, I would do, I would do my work for free, you know, but I don't have to, you know, right, which is right. great. Luckily I get paid, right? 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 Yeah. You know, and maybe, I don't know if you would consider yourself in that department, but I feel very of fortunate, course. you know, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is a great life and great work that I can do. And uh, I don't want to do less work. I'm actually very happy doing what I do. So what, what have those people done? You know, how have those people made choices along the way when they come to a path and you could do this or you could do this, like how do they get closer to that thing they were born to do? Mm. You know, are there specific actions that we can take? Uh, is it all luck and good fortune? Well, there's probably luck. There's probably some privilege, all these things, but there's also choices. So mm. how can, how can the reader do that? I mean, that's the whole goal. Like I want yeah. to, I'm not a journalist. I'm not just trying to describe a phenomenon. I'm hoping to help the reader with something they can apply to their life and work mm. right away. I get this question a lot. People say, well, I don't know. How do I find out what I'm passionate about? You know, they say, how do I find my passion? Yeah. Um, what do you say? You know, it's interesting. I say, what would you do that, you know, uh, even if you didn't get paid, you'd do it. Sure. Uh, I say, what would you do that keeps you up at night? Mm -hmm. You know, what's something that keeps you up at night you can't stop thinking about? I say, what brings you the most joy when you do something? Yeah. And then I, you know, what's the first thing you want to do when you wake up in the morning? Sure. I think when people, if people can associate their biggest joy around something, whether it's like whenever I go surfing, I just get this natural high, like that I just, I can't find it anywhere else. Right. I think if you can do things that bring you the most joy, in the maximum amount of time, you should stay in that field, in my opinion. Yeah. So I agree. 
And I, I've said that for years, too, or something similar. Uh -huh. Maybe what I've kind of learned, though, through this process is not everyone knows what that thing is. Right. You know, Absolutely. it actually takes a certain amount of self-actualization to be able to say, here's what brings me joy. Here's the thing that mm -hmm. keeps me up at night. Here's the thing that when I get up in the morning, I want to do. Yeah. So for everybody else, they kind of feel like maybe I'm a loser. You know, like, I don't know what that is. You know, it took me a long time mm -hmm. to figure out what that thing was for me. I was, I was getting close to age 30 and I had done a lot of different things. I'd lived in West Africa for four years. I had started this quest of going to every country in the world. I'd been an entrepreneur. I loved all those things, but I don't think I really had that intersection of, okay, here's what really brings me joy. Really? You know, here's what I'm, what I'm actually good at that I want to kind of immerse myself in. You so, didn't have that awareness at the time? Well, I mean, I'm not saying I was, I was fundamentally unhappy, right, right. but I don't think I necessarily knew what my quote unquote passion was. Mm. So I think, I think it's Cal Newport who talks about, don't follow your passion, follow your skill. You yep. know, kind of, kind of figure out what you're good at. And you do that through experimentation. Sure. You do that. Like you don't know that you love surfing and it brings you that natural high until you, until you go, try it until you do it. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so I, I think it's really important if people are in that, that place of trying to find greatness, uh, trying to find the work they were born to do. Uh, it's important to try a lot of different things. Sure. Um, because otherwise you're not going to necessarily know. Like, cause we're not taught as, as kids necessarily to here, here are the things that bring you joy. Here are the things that you're right, good right. at. And here, you know, here's how you can create a viable career from them. Like these are <laughs> skills that are not taught in any kind of education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you know, you know, in the last chapter you talk about how winners essentially give up, right? Is that the title? Yeah. Winners give up all the winners, time. Winners if at first you don't succeed, give yeah. up. So how do you, what if you win all the time? Everything you do, you really love and you enjoy. Yeah. How do you know what to pick and mm. when to kind of like give it up and be like, okay, well, I should maybe just focus on this one, two or three things as opposed to everything. Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's a lot there that we could unpack. Right. I mean, let's start with the beginning. If you win all the time, uh, maybe your goals are too small. Mm. Interesting. I mean, right? Like yeah. if, if, you're, if you're never disappointed... Uh, maybe you haven't wished for enough. Or you're, you're playing against in the wrong game, yeah. right? You're, right. You're playing in a small time as opposed to big time or something. Yeah. Right. You know, so that's the first thing about that. Um, as for, you know, when to give up, when to keep going, um, I, I think there are a couple of fundamental questions that you can ask. And if you're in that place of like, I've been doing this for a while, it's not really working out. Um, should I do something else? Well, you ask yourself, do I still enjoy it? You know, is that, mm -hmm. that love still there? Um, and do I think it's working? Do I think it's on the, the, you know, tra trajectory to, to achieve success? And then if your answers are no to both of those, I don't enjoy it anymore. I don't think it's going to work. Then you give up. If your answers are yes, I still, you know, enjoy it. And I think it's going to work. Then you keep going. It only gets complicated when the answer, one answer is yes. And one answer is no. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like I like this thing, but maybe it's not, you know, what I was born to do. Yeah. Okay. Or this thing is working, but I'm getting kind of tired of it. And so right. that's, that's when you kind of have to make some more, more difficult decisions. Okay. But I'm a big fan of encouraging people to give up on stuff because yeah. I feel that this runs counter to the classical, traditional never advice. Give up. Never give up, man. Like never give up. And, you know, most successful people, most people who are super successful, they did not follow a linear path. They made lots of changes in their life. They even had multiple careers usually or multiple yeah. businesses or whatever the, the field is. And so if you had gone to that person you know, in their first iteration of something when they were struggling and said, all you have to do is keep going, right? Just be persistent because never give up. That's the, the entrepreneurial American manifest destiny, mm -hmm. pioneering spirit advice. That would have been terrible advice for them, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people do that and they stay in something and they keep investing more and more money, taking money out. 
and they're in a million dollars in debt and they have no product to sell. And they look to the past. They look to what they have spent. They look to their sunk costs. It's like the person who's in the supermarket. Well, I mean, all of us have done this. You go to the grocery store and there's this long ass line. You're like waiting like 20 minutes and then a new line opens up next, next, but, and you're like, should I go over there or should I stay? <laughs> and you want to stay because like I've waited so long. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You've invested new, so much. It doesn't matter how much you've invested. If the new lane is open, that's where you should go. It's just cut your losses. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Like and you did that and you you did that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wrote about that in the book. Um, yeah. You know, your story of, of pursuing professional athletics. Yeah. And, a lot of people have could have gone down that road and ended up very differently. You know, exactly. a, lot, a lot of people, a lot of people do. Right. I mean, yeah. most most people who pursue professional athletics and get to a certain very high level, like you did, um, but then have to change or they get injured or whatever, they actually don't have great lives, no. as you probably know. No, I mean, a lot of the pro athletes are become very depressed, or mm -hmm. even some commit suicide mm -hmm. because their identity is gone. Everything they put in their whole life to their pursuit, what they were born to do, now they don't have something they're born to do which is another topic. How do you, when your thing you were born to do mm. is over yeah, and you, you know, for whatever reason you can't do it. Sure. How do you transition into the next thing? Cause you've got a long life left. Right. How do you transition? So you're not miserable. Sure. Well, you managed to do it. Yeah. And you've done it very well. Mm -hmm. You know, the book is called born for this, but I don't necessarily think everyone has one single thing mm -hmm. that they should do. I mean, there is more than one path. I feel like we put yes. so much pressure on ourselves, um, it's just like, you know, the follow your passion thing. If we put so much pressure on ourselves to know what this thing is, and I must find my destiny, I must find my calling, my mission. I've probably been guilty of using these words too. But, you know, the, the reality is there there is more than one path that we can go down. I think sure. what's important is, like in the book, I use this model of joy, money, and flow. And joy mm -hmm. is like the things you love to do. Money is the viable answer for that, how it can be sustainable, because I'm not talking about a hobby. I'm talking about something that, that, you know, pays the bills and allows you to support your family or whatever. And then flow is that thing of skill, mm -hmm. right? Of actually losing yourself in your work, of being excited to get up in the morning yeah. and all that. So the, so I think you, the whole goal is to get closer and closer to that intersection and I you like can that. do that in, in different ways. Yeah. The way I talk about it is uh, FIP, fun, impact, profit. Yeah. So is it's it great? Is it, is it a lot of fun for you? Is mm -hmm. it impactful for you and for the people that you're working with? in it and it's a profitable for you. Right. Okay, great. If you can do that, I think it's, you're probably born for that. Right. And so, yeah, it's good. And so <laughs> what we could say is um, people settle all the time uh -huh. and in different seasons in life, maybe you don't actually have all three. You don't, you don't have the, the FIP or the joy money flow. Right. So that's okay. You know, it's been plenty of people out there do kind of make trade-offs and compromises. Maybe they don't actually love their job, but it provides for something else. Mm -hmm. It's Okay. But I would say if you're you're listening to this, if you're watching this, if you're part of the school of greatness, like you want to be great. Yes. Like what is the goal? The goal actually is to get closer to that convergence. Yes. I mean, the goal is to find that, and we're always on a journey. Yeah. Uh, toward it, but that's what we that's what we want. Yeah, and there's always an off season every year. There's always some oh, yeah. type of off season where, just like in sports, you can't just play in the playoffs all year round for your whole life. You'll kill yourself if you're mm -hmm. playing like in a in a championship game every day. So you've got to have these off seasons, these times to reflect and see, is it still fun for me? Am I still in the flow? Is it still something that helps me grow? Is it impactful? Is it profitable? You know, all these things. I think you need to constantly be aware and ask yourself the questions. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I'm curious, what is, who's the most influential person for you growing up? My dad was yeah. definitely the most influential. What was the biggest lesson that you learned from him? My dad kind of taught through example. 
You know, and my, my dad, I, I, you know, I was a kid, I, I thought that my dad knew everything. Like I'd always go to him with a question about science or a question about, you know, sports or whatever, but mm. he mostly taught through example. I just remember him being very generous and, you know, I liked reading books as a kid. So I've often told the story of like when I was a kid, we would go to the bookstore and I could just, I could just pick out books mm. and he would buy them. And, and, you know, we were middle-class family. My mom and dad were divorced. So he's kind of, he's not making a ton of money or whatever, but like the books are something he would always invest in. So I kind of remember like him just encouraging learning and, you know, encouraging me to kind of experiment and find my way. Mm. What's the most memorable moment from 10 to 17 for you? Bring the moment that brought you the most joy, the most memorable in your mind right now. Yeah. 10 to 17 was not actually a good time in my life. Okay. Yeah. Well, is there a memorable <laughs> moment that brought you joy? Yeah. 10 to 17 were kind of some hard years, actually. Um, you know, like I said, parents were split up and I was going back and forth between different, different families. Um, I was a juvenile delinquent for a little while. Really? Yeah. How long were you, uh, in for? How long were they in for? Um, I was in, I was in, in for maybe a couple of weeks or uh -huh. so. Um, but I also had lots of emotional struggles as well. I had, I was in some treatment centers, mm. uh, from, you know, age 11, 12, age 13, age 14, kind of mm. off and on. And, okay. and then, uh, you know, I was able to kind of get out and, and find my way. Right. Uh, but when I think of 10 to 17, I actually don't really think of, of good years. Maybe towards the end, I start thinking about, like, I didn't go to high school. I went to one year of high school and I dropped out. Um, but then I did go to college. Like I found this way to kind of sneak into college basically. Well, one year to high school and dropped out? Yeah, that's correct. Wow. Yeah. So how'd you, how'd you get into college? Well, I, I went to community college and okay. they didn't check very carefully. Wow. Interesting. And after I had been, uh, two for, years, for, for like a quarter or two, they kind of realized, but I'm like, well, he's doing okay. Mm. You know, like I actually liked learning. Like I said, when I was a kid, I loved learning, but I didn't, Interesting. I just didn't do well with structure and authority. So by the time I was in college, you can kind of pick and choose a little bit, your schedule and your classes and some things you have to do, but other things you can choose. So I liked that. Interesting. And then I, so then I was drawn to the independence and like the autonomy of kind of finding my way. And so I got a little bit better, but it, it took some time. Okay. So. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included but you don't take yada yada in life so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide 
When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Still don't know the most memorable moment <laughs> uh, or the most joyful moment. What sure. was the lowest moment of those seven years since there was a lot of them? Yeah. I mean, honestly, Lewis, I can think of a couple of times in, in that period when I didn't have any hope. Mm. And I felt like I had nothing to live for. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's, it's interesting to look back now because, you know, I obviously like so much has happened and I've had yeah. this amazing life and I feel very fortunate to, to do everything that I can do. And I've had all these great experiences, but yeah, as a, as a kid, it was, as a kid, I really kind of struggled. Yeah. I can relate to that. I mean, when I was in third and fourth grade, when I'd get sent to the principal's office, mm -hmm. I remember not having any friends and being in the bottom of my class and just being like a little slower than everyone and getting bullied a lot, even though I was about this tall then. <laughs> uh, I would just go to the principal's office and be like, uh, you know, I don't feel like living anymore. There's no reason for me to be alive. What's the point? Wow. Because I just didn't feel accepted. I didn't feel like I was smart. I didn't feel like I was growing. So I can definitely relate to that. I mean, mm -hmm. I think probably a lot of young kids probably go through something like that at some point. I would think who yeah. knows how deep it is or how you know painful it is, but I feel your pain, man. Um, what do you think was the biggest lesson you learned through those years of all those moments? Somehow, and I don't know how, but somehow I learned to transform this rejection, which I think was kind of a, mm -hmm. a theme, like feeling rejected, not necessarily not necessarily bullied, but mm -hmm. kind of like rejected and unloved. Um, into confidence. I don't quite know how I did that, but I kind of used it. Mm. It was like, all these things are against me, or at least I perceive them to be against me, right? I have this perception right. that the world is against me. And somehow I was able to say, okay, I'm going to fight back. And I don't know where that moment was, but I was able to like, I'll show them, mm. you know? And I think being rejected or being told it won't work uh, is a very motivating force. Or it can yeah, be, right? Course, because absolutely. you're like, For I'm going to go out and prove that person wrong. That's my whole life. You know? Yeah. Right? I'm going to be, and, and being an underdog is a great, great yeah, thing to be. Absolutely. You know, I think it's much, much harder in life to be the establishment mm -hmm. than it is to be the underdog because the underdog is hungry. Yeah. And the underdog has something to prove. And the right. underdog is motivated. Uh, so I guess at a certain point, I became motivated. Do you know how old you were? Or was that like the end of high school or, or I guess the end of your teen years? Yeah, motivation came around like age 15, age 16. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I, mean, I had some low moments after that, but so there was like a corner I turned for sure. Right. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. That's cool. So I asked you a question beforehand and I said, you know, what's a question no one's ever asked that you would like to answer? Mm. And what was your response? Well, we were talking about some stuff and I said, uh, nobody's actually ever asked me about anxiety or mm -hmm. depression. Okay. And we've touched on it a little, a little bit here, but mostly in childhood. And, and something I'm kind of, you know, dealing with now is got this business thing going on. I've got this new book out. Very excited about the book. Like, totally believe in it. You got the uh, conference that's been getting yeah, bigger Yeah, conference is great. Year. You know, right? 
all these good things. I'm going out on the road to meet readers, and I really, really like that. Um, you know, the first book I did, 63 cities. Wow. Um, and this this tour, I'm doing 30. So I, I talked to somebody the other day, and he said, you're only doing 30 cities. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so all that's great. Um, but I do feel like kind of experiencing this this maybe sustained period of of anxiety or sadness. And I, I've called it sadness for a while. And I think... You know, maybe at a certain point, like you have to call a spade a spade and maybe it's actually depression. And so depression, of course, is a clinical term. Like no one can diagnose, you know, I can't diagnose myself with that. But uh, maybe this is something that I actually need to kind of pay attention to mm. instead of running from. I don't feel like I've been running from it. I think maybe I've just been kind of putting it in a corner. You know, I've been like, mm -hmm. well, I've got my stuff right. and I'm keeping busy and I like to stay busy. But maybe I'm staying busy in some ways so that I don't have to deal with right. other stuff. And I haven't had the tools, the skills to know how to do that. Now, can you explain what it, that feels like, this anxiety or sadness or depression, what that feels like on a daily or when you wake up on the day or at night? What does that look like? So I understand. Right, right. So, you know, my understanding is it's different for different people. For me, it, it just kind of feels flat. Mm -hmm. It just kind of feels like, you know, I'm going through my day and I'm doing stuff. And I do have, you know, some moments of, of joy and, and like, I really do like getting things done and like, I feel like motivated th through productivity, but maybe I'm just feeling like a disconnect between my short-term actions and how that connects to a long-term vision. Mm. And I don't know, I just, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm being ungrateful and that bothers me because I want to live a life of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And just like you, like gratitude has always been one of my values, at least one of my named values. But I feel like maybe, you know, at a certain point, just as before we talked about something positive, like I had this rejection, I turned it into like confidence. Somehow, maybe I've turned gratitude into like, I don't know, something that I'm just saying and not really living. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of going back to like, what what does it mean, you know, to live with gratitude? And, right. and I don't know, there's probably more to it, but that's sure. the first thing I think of. What's your vision right now? Long-term vision? My vision is to serve this great community, to do a good job of helping people with their life and work, especially alternative, unconventional work. And and somehow I, I feel like there's some actualization that I have to come to myself. Like I kind of paused there because a good friend, a mutual friend of ours, Lisa Rankin, mm -hmm. uh, has been talking with me about doing inner work. And I know this is something that, that you know a lot about, but for me, it's quite new. Sure. You know, and uh, so as part of this process, I've actually been seeing a therapist as well. And like I go into this session and, and like I, I don't have the vocabulary. Mm. You know, she's asking me like questions about how does the, how does this make you feel? And I'm like, well, I don't know. What do you mean? How does it make me feel? <laughs> you know, and it's like, how do you how does it feel in your body? Mm. Like, what do you how does it feel in my body? I don't know. You know, <laughs> right. Like, so I feel like saying, I feel so far behind. You know, it's so like she, a, she probably says you're disconnected or yeah. you're disconnected to your body and your yeah. emotions or. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out like, you know, one, how to explain this. But first, how do I how do I figure it out for myself? And what does it mean to do inner work? And mm. and um you know, I want to be kind to others, but how can I also, you know, be kind to myself and sure. that will probably help everything all, all around. When did it start, when did sadness or anxiety start happening? And, and why do you think it happened to a guy who's got, it seems like he's got everything under control, figured out, you know, yeah. where people would be, you know, 
killing other people to have a blog like yours and the audience and the books and success and the huge conferences. Well, this is the thing, you know, like, I don't want to sound like an asshole. No, right? okay. you, you know I mean, what I mean? Like, you're people, like I mean, everything exactly you said, that's how, that's what I think every day. Sure, sure. I'm like, yeah, I've got like all this stuff, right? It's, I don't want to be like, hey, I'm like struggling in my self-esteem sure. or my self-worth or like, I'm anxious. Sure. Like, I don't think there's know. anything wrong with it. I think it's, you know, Junior Seau was a 10 or something plus uh, uh, all pro, uh, 10 year all pro uh, in the NFL and played for 15 or something years and then committed suicide a mm. couple years after because he didn't feel like, you know, he was sad and he had anxiety and he had depression and sure. he didn't know what to live for anymore, essentially. Right. And I mean, that's true. I think I know that on an intellectual level. Yeah. You know, I think I heard Jason Mraz talk about this a little bit once. Yeah. He said, uh, you know, just because you're successful doesn't mean you can't experience melancholy. Uh, absolutely. And I really like that because I, I kind of related to that. So I understand it on an intellectual level. Uh -huh. It's more just like on an emotional level. Sure. Because I do feel the same as you, like with great power comes great responsibility. Uh -huh. So I've got to suck it up and, and figure it out so that I can right. serve my community. And I guess what I'm realizing is just sucking it up isn't really working. Right. You tried it for a yeah. while. Yeah. You, you know, it. like I'm really good at kind of like persevering. Right. And, what, and and so this is this is the thing I don't know what to do with. When did you notice it start happening? Like you started feeling flat? Was I it think, before last year or when the when the incident happened? Yeah. So for, for those who don't know, my brother passed away last year. Uh, he was 31. So how that, old are you? I'm 37. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was, I mean, definitely uh, a major thing that kind of, you know, put me on that path. I don't think that's that's all of it, but um, it still feels very new to me, and it's not mm -hmm. something that I know quite how to how to deal with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, were you feeling this before that? Or did you feel like after that? That's when it really was like hit you in a way where you're like, this doesn't make sense. Because I remember you saying at the event, you're just like, there's, essentially you said there's no reason for this. Like, I don't, right, right. I don't believe there was a reason for this. Yeah, no, of course not. You, I think you even said something like, you know, usually I like to say there's a reason for everything, but there's no reason for this. Yeah, I would never say that again. You okay. know, I think that's a terrible thing to say. Like, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. If you, even if you haven't experienced like mm -hmm. a tremendous loss, a personal loss in your life, if you look around the world and, and you can see poverty and disasters and all kinds of mm -hmm. terrible things like yeah. you know sometimes things happen but there's not a reason for them of course so i don't identify this as like you know the sole like the sole reason for my discontent mm -hmm. um i think i've been struggling for a while was a while i mean years or yeah a couple of years like mm -hmm. it's it's like a it's kind of like a path i mean some of it we talked about identity you brought up yeah. this point about being a professional athlete I had this quest of going to every country in the world. And you did it. We, yeah, we, I did it, which is a problem. <laughs> 10 right? years, right? Yeah, 10 years, 11, you 11 did it. years. You now know. what? Yeah. We talked about it a little bit, actually, in a, in a previous uh -huh. interview, uh -huh. you know, for the, for the last book. And this is actually very common for anybody who pursues a quest or a big dream. You know, like you, you get to the end and you're like, cool. It's like you go now, back to now, The Hobbit. Right. You know, it's like yeah. getting flying in the ring and then you go back to The Hobbit. And right, what? right, right. The adventure's exactly. over, right? Right. And so I think what I'm figuring out is, um, and I said this at the time, but I didn't, it's like the, dis the disconnect between the intellectual knowledge and the emotional knowledge. I said at the time, you know, because everybody was like, what's the next quest? You know, and they're expecting the answer to be some kind of like big travel thing. Uh -huh. You know, I'm going to go to the moon, you know, I'm going <laughs> right. to like go down to the like the center of the earth yeah. or whatever, you know, or more places or like in the jungle. And I knew that I knew that the answer wasn't that. Um, I knew that, you know, the answer had had to do something with community. The, the, it was like, the answer is actually like going deeper in the kind of work that I'm trying to do to, to impact people. That's what I said, mm -hmm. you know, a year and a half or two years ago. Now I think maybe 
I have a little bit more emotional awareness that I could modify that and say, okay, that's all true. Um, but I think a big part of it that I was missing before is this aspect of inner work and, and figuring out how I can deal with the loss of my brother, um, how I can be a good person, how I can somehow transform tragedy and trauma and sadness and anxiety and all these kind of things, uh, into something that is, that is somehow positive, mm. you know, not that I would, not that I would, uh, you know, er ever say that that this was a good thing that happened. It was a terrible thing right. that happened. Um, but Can you explain what happened or was it, I forget exactly what happened. So my brother made a tragic choice. That's what happened. Yeah. Okay. And, and it was very, it seemed very impulsive. And uh, there, I mean, like looking back, we can kind of identify you know, maybe some signs or something. Mm -hmm. But at the time, none of us had any right. idea. Right. What's been coming up for you this last eight, nine months in this process? You know, you've been working with someone on this. What do you feel like has been coming up for you? Has there any been lessons that you've learned from this? I haven't lost a family member that close to me. So I have no context of how you're feeling. And I'm not going to act like I do know how you're feeling. But I can assume that there are people listening who have lost right. someone very close to them who can relate completely to what you're feeling right now. So I'm curious what the lesson is you're gaining or what you're learning about yourself in this process. It's a tricky thing because, you know, in my books and in my blog and all this, I'm, I write prescriptive. Mm -hmm. I try to write prescriptively and here are the steps. Mm -hmm. And if you want to travel the world, here's how you get the frequent flyer miles right. to do it. The free if flights you, and if the... you want to start a business, here are the eight steps. Mm -hmm. Th this is what, you know, is so new to me because I don't know that there are eight steps. Right. I don't know that there's like, here's lesson number one. Mm -hmm. Here's lesson number two. Like I have like sometimes moments of insight or whatever, but I don't know. Like I, I feel like it's like, um, it's not like a hierarchy of lessons. It's more like a cobweb or something. Yeah. And somehow maybe they connect, but I don't quite, you know, see, see where they are. So this is like, I feel like this is the new quest, you know, which is, is not something I ever would have. It's not what you set out predicted to, or imagined. To go for, right? Sure. And I don't even, I'm not even really describing it in very, like descriptive terms because I don't necessarily know what's going to happen at the end or what the outcome is. But I feel like somehow, somehow I have to be better because of this. Somehow I have to, mm. to, you know, honor my brother, um, maybe learn some lessons that he wasn't able mm. to learn. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily know what all those are. Right. Right. Um, but I feel like that's, that's what I have to do. Yeah. What do you think is the best way to honor him? I don't know yet. I don't think it's going to be like, I don't think it's going to be something you could package. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not like there's a foundation. It's like one day I'm going to come, and I come out of this, I'm going to start a charity. <laughs> right. You know, and I'm going to like the rest of my life, I'm going to raise money for this charity. That's that's too packaged. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's deeper. I don't know what it is, but... Mm. It's it's not something that I could just say one sentence. Here's how I'm going to honor my brother. Mm -hmm. The goal is to figure that out. What's your vision for yourself during this process? Have you thought about that? Or are you just kind of like one day at a time? Like, no, I'm not. I'm actually not very good at one day at a time. Okay. I think that's a very good strategy. Um, I'm I'm very future oriented, mm -hmm. which is kind of frustrating in a situation like this, um, because you know, one, the situation with Ken, my brother, I can't change that nothing in the future could ever change that mm -hmm. and then also not just that situation but just sadness and, and anxiety in general it's kind of hard because i want to be able to like 
point to the one-year plan and the five-year plan, the 10-year plan. That's what I've done. That's what you're good at. That's what I've, yeah, that's really good at that. Yeah. So now it's like, that's kind of taken from me. And you uh, feel like you don't have a one or 10-year plan? I feel like I have a good one-year plan. I don't feel yeah. like I have a good 10-year plan now. And why is that upsetting to you? Or why does that bring you anxiety? Because it's brought me comfort in the past mm. to have it. And so now I don't have it. So now you're forced to live in the moment. Yeah. Or be more present, it sounds right. like. And not have a plan, not have a future like mapped out for you. Maybe so. Huh. It's all new. Interesting. Okay. What's so scary about living in the moment or not having a plan? Do I don't you? know if it's scary. It's unfamiliar. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, for, I mean, that's, that's why I had the quest. I could always say I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I was doing lots of other stuff too, but then I had this anchor point. Right. You know? Right. And if you always have something planned, if you always have something that you're kind of working toward, then you don't necessarily have to answer all these difficult day-to-day -day questions. What's the most difficult day-to-day -day question? <laughs> well, the different, I mean, the questions <laughs> of, of like what's going on in our minds like mm. why, why am i sometimes unhappy even though i have a great life and and great success in lots of different ways those kind of questions mm. and why do you think it is at the end of the day have you thought more and more about this i'm just kind of delving into it now i mean it's really it's good to have this conversation mm. with you because i can say honestly i have i have not had this conversation uh certainly not in any kind of public setting right. like this <laughs> yeah. at all you know <laughs> I mean, the, the limited conversations have been like with very close <laughs> friends and, and, probably, and, and probably not this therapy, therapy session. There's not usually a microphone and a headset <laughs> associated with it. Um, so that's why sometimes like I don't know exactly how to answer. Sure. Okay. Well, what do you think has come up for you in these sessions? The reason I'm sticking in this <laughs> is because it's fine. I want to, I want to, yeah. you know, I love to have clarity too. Yeah. You know what I mean? For me, I, mm. I, I'm a solutions type of guy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to uncover, you know, what it is because sure. I think Actually, a lot of people are going to be appreciating this process. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you can't, if you're not watching this, you know, Chris is a little uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's important because I don't think you're alone, man. I don't think sure. you're alone. I think it's a lot of people. Maybe they have the success you do. Maybe they don't. Um, but they're at a crossroads where they're not sure what's going to happen in the next three, five, ten years. Mm -hmm. They don't have a plan figured out. They're at a crossroads. They're uncertain. They're feeling like flat. Yeah. And I think this is more people than you think sure. feel this way. Sure. You know, obviously you have your own emotions and your own feelings and your own, uh, you know, life that you've experienced. But I think people are feeling a similar way mm. that is really powerful. And so I want to keep talking about this. That's I don't fine. know. I want to keep, I want to keep diving into this. Yeah. I'm not necessarily uncomfortable in having this conversation. Sure. It's more that I'm uncomfortable in, in the situation. You know, yes. that's what sucks. Yes. You know, actually, I, I want to be open and transparent mm -hmm. about this because I realize a lot of people have struggles. And for me, like, so we've said I've had different struggles and over time and now I had this situational tragedy. I guess, I guess my point for me is I'm tired of accepting it. Like I'm tired accepting of what? accepting that, accepting that I'm always going to be anxious or I'm going to be sad. or It's this complicated thing because to get through something like this, you have to make your peace with it. That's something that I'm kind of learning at least and this in is the, the peace, counseling. Is this the peace with your own flatness in your life or the peace with your brother's death? Or I don't know because it's all connected. It's all yeah. like I haven't found a way to separate it. Um, so I think you have to kind of like walk through that. You know, I, I went on a trip recently and uh, it, was, it was a great trip. Like I went around the world, had a lot of really fun yeah. experiences. Um, and so the trip was great. Situationally, everything was fine. Um, but I was also almost, almost every single day I cried. And so kind of came back out of that 
and you know went back to my little counseling session and I told that story and and she said that's great. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I think we're going to, you know, be able to work through this mm. now because you're, you're, you know, coming to, you're not coming to peace with it, but we're actually acknowledging, it, we're trying to acknowledge it, you know, but I guess what I said about accepting it is maybe I feel like for a while I've, as I, as we said before, I kind of sweep it under the rug or put it aside. And I guess it's just come to a point in my life where I have to do something about this. Like I have to, and I don't know exactly you know, how I will resolve that. Um, but somehow I need to. What know? do you want to feel every day? If you can make a declaration like this moment moving forward, this is how I want to feel. Purposeful. Okay. What else? I mean, that's good. Start okay. with that. Purposeful, joyful. Pur- pur- sure. Purposeful, joyful, fulfilled, satisfied. Yeah, those are good words. Okay. Yeah, I think that I like the top two first. You know, purposeful, joyful, but not sadness and anxiety. Yeah, not too excess. You know, like right, I think right. it's important sure, to feel a range happen. of emotions. Yeah, of it's kind of like we said before, like if you're always a winner, like maybe you're not trying hard enough. Right, right, right. right? Yeah. So I actually want to try for some stuff and not, not you know, achieve it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's the sustained nature of it yeah. that is problematic. Interesting. And what do you think is going to create that for you on a daily basis? Purposeful and joyful. Yeah. I don't know because I feel like I love what I do. This is the thing. Like uh-huh. I actually am enjoying my work and enjoying my stuff. Um you're doing what you're born to do. It I think like. so. Yeah, I feel yeah. that way. I do. Can't imagine anything, any different career or whatever. Um, so I think it comes back to that inner work thing. Mm. And, you know, maybe a year from now or something, we'll come back and I can explain it more articulately. Sure, sure. Do you think yeah. joyfulness and purposefulness is a choice? Maybe for a long time I would have said yes, but I don't think so now. Okay. Because I would make that choice. Choose to be joyful? Those are my values. Like we said, right. that gratitude is my value. Like I... I don't want to be ungrateful. Uh-huh. Part of the flat feeling is, you know, sometimes in the past, if I've had like this anxiety or whatever, been able to to get out of it by helping someone in some way. Being in service. And this is a great a great strategy. Create flow. Yeah. You create yeah. joy. Or just do something to help someone. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a great motivator. It's amazing. Yeah. Right? Being altruistic. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So I guess my, my challenge here in the flatness is sometimes that doesn't work. For me, that's why. That's kind of why I realized I've gone to another level with it, wow. and why I needed to like maybe seek some help or whatever. Because you know, like I see something on the news about some terrible thing that happened, and I don't necessarily feel empathy for that, and that troubles me. Mm. You know, I don't want to be like, "Here's this terrible thing that happened, and I'm just sad about myself," and that's ridiculous. Uh, but it is what it is, and so I'm. So in this last year, have you been in service? Uh, as equally as before or more than before? That's a that's a very good question. I don't know if I've asked myself that question. It sounds like you've been traveling the world and going on adventures. Yeah, yeah. But have you done like, and not just like, let me put up a donation page. Yeah, yeah, just, for but sure, actually for just sure. shown up and like yeah. fed the homeless or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something as simple as in your local community. Right, right. Have you just shown up every day for an hour and saying, how can I give? I haven't done something so strategic, you know, and intentional as that. Uh, I think, I mean, I've tried to like incorporate habits of giving, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure I could definitely make some progress in that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious good. because good. maybe it is a question of like, do we change our behavior and then the, and then uh, whatever follows after that. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of, I mean, good. Tony Robbins talks about this, sure. whether you believe it or not, but it's like you change your physical state and your emotional mm-hmm. state changes. Okay. Uh, and the same thing, you change your emotional state and your physical state changes. You know, if you... If you stand up tall, it's like the what's 
Amy Cuddy, is that her name, about the power of body language. Okay, yeah. You know, just putting your arms outstretched. Sure, it's going to sure, build sure. testosterone and increase your confidence and your joy and your happiness. So I think a lot of our physical state, you know, not slouching over, not being mm. in the fetal position all day, emotionally and physically, so to say, if you're in that position, I think you're going to continue to stay in a cycle of sadness or anxiety. Mm-hmm. But when you choose every day to build positive habits, I think, yeah, um, of I'm going to work out. I'm going to give every single day for 30 minutes to this right, community right. center. I'm going to whatever X, Y, and Z. I think you're going to start reprogramming yourself to being like, you know what? I'm seeing other examples of actually how I'm connecting and building relationships with people who have it way worse than I do. And it feels great to serve and support them. But I'm also seeing, you know, that there's lessons here. I don't think we're ever going to learn like the reason for all the things that happen. But I'm curious about this because I feel like at some point in my life, this is going to happen to me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's inevitable. All the people I'm close with, it's inevitable that someone is going to die at some point in my life. Um, I don't know if you can prepare for it. And how am I going to prepare for it? I don't think you you prepare for it. Yeah, but how am I going to be like, you know what? This is going to suck for a while. You know, I'm probably going to be sad and depressed and go through a range of anger and frustration and guilt or whatever that I'm feeling. And that's okay. I think it's okay yeah. to feel those things. But I think what's interesting is to know mm. how to eventually pick yourself up and start working in a positive way to be purposeful. Um, I think, though, I mean, everything you just said, totally correct. I think, though, sometimes something unpredictable happens. Yeah. You know, in these situations, like everything you just expressed, like it's going to be terrible, then it's going to be okay. But just like in a quest, you know, any good quest it's like there's this progress toward a goal. There is an endpoint, et cetera. But if it's a, if it's a true quest, something happens along the way that right. changes things, and you don't you know you don't necessarily know what that is. Uh-huh. And despite all the skills that you have, despite all the life experience that you have, it's going to be put to the test, actually, because you know this whatever this unpredictable thing is, you know, it, it, by its nature, you didn't know it was going to happen, and you and you didn't necessarily say, okay, here's you know, here's where I was going to be sad or here's where I was going to struggle and then I'm going to be okay. You know, like you might think you're okay at a certain point and then something else. Which brings me back to the point of born for this and giving up. If you're on a quest for something you're born to do and you believe in your heart, I'm born to do this thing. Yeah. And then something comes at you and stops you or makes you go off track. How do you know when to continue the quest? Mm. And when, as it's part of the quest, as every quest has this, and when you're actually just supposed to give up. Sure. Well, I think it's important in the in these kind of situations to look at what is the what is the underlying motivation? What is the goal? Maybe what is the value? And like if we talk about different things, like becoming a professional athlete, you know, what what was the the real goal? Wasn't the real goal greatness? Yeah. Essentially, which is exactly what you have. I don't want to just say parlayed it into because that's kind of like a career thing, but I mean your life, you know, yes. greatness was was the goal. Yeah, um, you know, writing books and hosting these events. I mean, ultimately the goal is community and serving humanity in some connection, way. Community, yeah. Connection, right? So I think sometimes, you know, you're working toward this thing, you feel like you're born to do it, but then you can't. There's still some direction there mm. as you go deeper, which is exactly what I'm learning to do. Mm. Have you met anyone? of the last year who's gone through a similar experience as you who has made it out the other side. Have you met anyone like that? Yeah, I have. Um, we've actually had a couple of different people speak to our community about this experience. Um, and I've, I've talked with a few people 
I still am quite kind of not really in this research stage. Uh-huh. Like I haven't actually read a lot of books on this. Like what happened with my brother? There's a whole canon of books and research sure. on that topic, but I actually haven't haven't gone near it. Um, just because it still feels kind of so fresh and so at a certain point i think i'll kind of delve into that more but I, not yet what do you think will happen when you go into it uh, something unpredictable interesting okay well, maybe not i mean maybe it's easy to predict and say well it kind of force a deeper level of of introspection or grief or what are you i mean what are you afraid of to read you know or to look into that what's what's the biggest thing holding you back and when is enough time for you who's to say mm. you know so we're recording this conversation just a little bit in advance of when the book comes out. And, um, you know, now it's been eight months and I haven't gone back to look at my brother's emails, you know, in all this time. Mm. And at some point, I'm like, sure I will. Like emails he sent you? Yeah, or just... emails sent, sent me, like our emails, you know. Like, e- you know. We you haven't to... Google Gmailed his name to no, see. No, I have not. Okay. Yeah, because obviously we have, you know, 20 years of... You were yeah. very close. Yeah. yeah. 20 years of, of regular email correspondence about, you know, all kinds of stuff about video games, yeah. about travel. He was in the army, served in Afghanistan and Iraq. So his stories from there, you know, at a certain point, I, I want to go through that, of course. Um, but I just haven't been able to yet. When do you think you will? I don't know. Hmm. I don't think I should wait. You know, do you want to give to... yourself like, uh, are you looking to give yourself a deadline? Or are you just waiting for the right moment? Where you this, feel... is the, this is the thing about this stuff. You can't package it. Sure. It's like the, it's like the ultimate answer. How will I honor my brother? I don't know because I can't put it in a box and mm-hmm. say this is my box of honoring my brother. Um, so it's the same kind of thing. Like when will you be ready to do that? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm the kind of person that would very much like to know. I would like to have it on my calendar. You know, <laughs> next Tuesday at this time. I mean, you sure. know, and maybe that is the what maybe if you just schedule it. Yeah, maybe that is the best way. Um, what if you just faced it? Maybe oh. so. Maybe so. What's the but worst I, thing that would happen? I know. I guess what I'm just learning, though, is like I could do that for sure. And maybe that is the best best approach. What I'm learning is the, the tools and the skills and the resources that I have that have helped me, you know, throughout my life that have helped me, like, get into college without going to high school, you know, get out of being a juvenile delinquent, make something of my life, travel, be an entrepreneur, all these different skills. Um, they are not sufficient for what I need to do right now. That's what I know. Interesting. So that kind of thinking, let me schedule it. Let me do this. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I want to do that. But what I'm saying is it hasn't, it hasn't quite worked. Right. I've kind of run into this wall or this ceiling mm-hmm. or whatever you call it, that right. barricade that I can't apply the same reasoning to. Sure. And maybe you don't know the tools of how to handle it once you do look at the emails or once yeah, you do go through stuff. Or maybe it's very cathartic and good, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just at the moment, I just uh, feel that there's some kind of block there. Mm. Well, if there's anything I can do to support, let me know. Thanks. Let me know how I can. Thank if you, you. If you want an accountability buddy or <laughs> just someone to um, to ask questions to, I'm here for you. What would you say is your philosophy this year? I think you, you've had a creed yeah. you know, for all these sure, different things. Sure. But yeah, yeah. it sounds like a lot has shifted for you. Yeah. And I think it con- I, constantly evolves. Sure, sure. I think I still have this the same overall worldview. You know, my philosophy, which is which is true in, in life and career, is you don't have to live your life the way others expect. Yes. You can do good things for yourself and for others at the same time. It's not a false choice. It's not a dichotomy. You know, this is this has been my message for a long time. I still very much believe in it. So now it's just a question of adding to that and applying that in a different way and realizing that, you know, the goals that I have now are not necessarily related to deliverables. 
because just as I like to schedule things on my calendar, you know, I also like to have a deliverable. Sure. Here's the next book. Here's the next thing. Here's the next whatever. But I don't see quite what the deliverable is here. Mm. On a scale of one to 10 every day, 10 being the happiest, how happy do you think you are on average? 10, you know, 10 being the happiest yeah, you can yeah. ever be, the happiest day of your life every day or that feeling. Maybe six, six, seven, mm-hmm. six, seven. And I'd like to be an, an eight or a nine. Okay. Wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a 10 because I always want to have something to, to, <laughs> to reach for. Sure, sure. Right? Okay. What if you're just always a 10? Well, then, then it'd have to be an 11-point scale. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what do you think it's going to take for you to get to eight, nine? Figuring this stuff out. Yeah. You know, can't change the past. I know that. Uh, so got to gotta, you know, apply it somewhere mm-hmm. in the future. What would you tell me if I was going through this? If I was like, yeah, I'm about a six every day. And you knew my, you know, the story, the same story sure, happened. Sure. What do you think you would tell me? I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what I would tell you. I mean, if I hadn't had this experience, if like we were sitting on the opposite side. You had this experience yeah, yeah. a year ago. Okay. And it just happened to me right. last month. Similar type of situation. Right, okay, okay. And you'd already been there. You're like yeah. still in it. But I was like, man, I'm screwed right now. I'm, I'm a one. You know, I don't know what to do. Uh-huh. What would you What would you give me? I don't think I would give you advice. Mm-hmm. I would give you companionship, mm. and I would give you empathy, and I would say, "I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so so sorry." Yeah. And this is not okay. Mm. And yes, you should hang in there. You know, let us know what you need, etc. Uh, but that's going to sound very hollow to you. Yeah. yeah. So the biggest thing I could say is, "I'm so sorry." Mm. Have you been getting enough of that? Sure, I think so. You mean yeah. companionship and yeah, I think. I mean, a lot of people don't know, you know, what to do with this kind of, and I, I totally get it's that. Tough. Yeah, I, I get it's it. Like, what do you? Yeah, how do you do? Where you don't sound sure, like you said, like hollow. Right, right. Just like everyone says the same thing. Right, right. How do you truly? Because yeah. you know, I think it's it goes against both walls. It goes against the person's walls of not knowing how to deal with it of all the mixed emotions of understanding it to someone who's not going through with it. Well, this is uncomfortable for me too. Cause now I have to face things sure. that I have to really go somewhere to be able to connect with someone mm-hmm. at a level so that they feel loved and accepted. And yeah, but that's compassion. It is compassion. That is compassion. A lot of people good. aren't good at that though. Yeah. They're well, compassion good. is the skill probably that you yeah. acquire as well. Yeah. And maybe you, you can acquire it through your own life trauma right. uh, or you can also, Acquire, acquire it through caring and understanding that, that being there or being available or, or reaching out is good, not expecting, you know, reply or something. What's the thing, the tool, skill, or thing you've gained more than anything in the last year hmm. because of this? Yeah, like, yeah. Have, are you more compassionate towards yeah, other people? Are good. you more connected? Do you look people in the eyes with more intimacy? Mm. Is there something that you've noticed about yourself where you're like, I was never this way before this mm. happened? Yeah. Also a very good question. Not something that I've considered. Like, cause before I met you, I mean, before yeah. this happened, I never saw you this vulnerable. Sure. You were just like the yeah. guy who had it figured out. Yeah, yeah. The guy who's just like off to the next. But now I'm seeing like a whole new Chris who's just I like. I think I've gained an appreciation for you know, I keep using this phrase inner work. There's probably yeah. other other terms and sure, phrases sure. for it because I still lack the vocabulary. But I guess I've gained an appreciation for whatever is required to be mindful and to, mm-hmm. to kind of go within yourself and, and maybe look and see, you know, some bad parts of yourself or some things you're uncomfortable with uh, or some things that are bringing you down from the outside and trying to navigate that. I think maybe an appreciation for 
you know, the fact that this is a skill and this is something that can be learned. And people do go through, you know, terrible experiences uh, and they are able, you know, many of them are able to come out on the other side and to not, you know, live in depression for decades, mm -hmm. um, to not be traumatized forever. And, you know, understanding that there is some, there is some kind of path to finding that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not found like, you know, in the sidebar of a prescriptive nonfiction book necessarily, right, right. um, or even on a great podcast, yeah. but there is a path somewhere. Sure. Right. So now I believe that. And, I, yeah. and again, intellectual knowledge, emotional knowledge, um, Jonathan Fields right. is a, is a great mutual friend of ours. Um, you know, Jonathan is, is very, very good at this. Yes. And right. I've always, I've always understood that he's very good at it. I haven't always understood exactly what wow. it is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, um, and there's other people as well. So I think I'm, I'm kind of, okay. I've gained an appreciation for that. What would you say is your superpower? In the past, I would have said my superpower is, uh, always knowing what to do next. Okay. And in believing in the next step is, is I, I, I love to have a next step, uh -huh. you know, um, in the now, in the now, in the now, I'm, I'm still committed. I'm still like, you know, still believe in the next step. Yeah. I still believe in the <laughs> next step for sure. I just don't, I don't necessarily always know what it is. Uh, mm. you know, I do keep going I and mean, we talked about giving up and I, I definitely like, I do persevere, mm. you know, I can, I can change and I can adapt different strategies, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to persevere for sure. Yeah. What's, what's your kryptonite? <laughs> like the weakness? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe falling into the same habit of doing things the same way because it's comfortable, mm. you know, and it's, and it's familiar. So I know how to get up early and work really hard and crush stuff out and right. take on another commitment and start another project. I know how to do that. Um, mm. but you know, actually slowing down is, is really hard. Have you ever just spent a month doing nothing? No, never. That's kind of terrifying. Why? It's not, maybe terrifying is the wrong word. It's unattractive. <laughs> mm -hmm. It sounds boring. Hmm. I wonder what you'd learn from no email, no phone. Can't picture it, man. No productivity for even a week. A week no. That's a long time. Yeah, not a month, but a week. You just like weren't able to produce something or schedule anything or take a phone call or tweet or anything. I just wonder what you Yeah, learn. I don't know. I don't know. Might be a new book experiment. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but then it would relate to productivity. So right. That's uh, true. <laughs> that's you learn how to hack it somehow. I know. Um, interesting. What's your definition of happiness? Forward motion, continuously improving, improving, you know, my circumstances, my life, as well as improving others' lives. Uh, I like the word impact that you used. I like that. Mm. I think of influence. Same thing. Not influence in like a celebrity way. Yeah. Influencers. But true influence. And probably a lot of the people who are listening, like if they don't have blogs or podcasts or books, they still have a lot of influence. Yeah, with the community, their friends, right. their family. And that influence is actually much stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, we're impacted much, much more by the people who are around us yeah. than by, you know, somebody who's out there doing something. So I'm interested in influence. What's your biggest fear? That I'll remain stuck. In the situation you're in currently? Yeah. Stuck in general. That I won't, that I won't, uh, you know, truly find that next quest. That I, that I won't go to the next level. And when I say next level, you know, I don't mean like the next level of revenue in my business or the next level of book sales or whatever. Um, but I think there's always a, a next level in our lives. And I think that is like a fundamental desire of, of humanity. Once mm -hmm. our lives are met, we want to continue to improve and, 
I guess my greatest fear, it's not just that I won't go to the next level. The greatest fear is that I've plateaued mm. and that is troubling. How does someone break through a plateau? I feel like that's a question I would ask you or Jonathan Fields <laughs> or somebody else like that. Sure, sure. You know, I would be like, Lewis, help me, help me out because, right. you know, you, you've been more successful than me in lots of different ways. How can yeah. I break through this plateau? And you've had a specific training in it as well, sure. I think, as an athlete. Sure. I mean, if it were me... There's a couple of different things you can do. You can keep pushing forward or you can take a step back and reevaluate. And what it sounds like for me, the answer I would give to you mm-hmm. is kind of what I was alluding to is I would, you're really good at traveling mm-hmm. for adventure, but I would do something different where you disconnect from the quest mm-hmm. to take a step back and evaluate whether that's doing inner work, meditating, just being, mm-hmm. journaling, just to journal, not to like figure out the next prescription. Right. Um, and it just looking at things differently, doing things you wouldn't normally do. But I think taking time for your mind to be calm. I don't think you've allowed your mind to be calm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot of noises in your head constantly from different things and situations and frustrations and angers. So I'd say being in nature for a period of time, part of that time being alone. Mm-hmm. Part of the time could be with friends and family, people you care about, and reflection. I think it's really important to reflect. And I go back to what I have in my book, which is called The Perfect Day. Mm. And that's where you go in nature and you spend time alone and you are just in silence, listening to the the birds, the bees, the nature, the trees, and you reflect on what is it my dream. Because I think we get so caught up in dreaming in the day-to-day stuff, in the emails, in the texts, in the phone, the people that are around us, it's hard for our minds to, to decompress and to relax. So I think if I was to give you a prescription, I would say find a place to relax without anyone for a while. And that may be a weekend, a long weekend, a week, however long it takes until sure. you get you know the answers you need. Sure. And don't go for a reason other than you know to just be at peace. So That's and maybe, no, it's a, maybe it's a meditation, maybe sure, it's a 10 sure. day guided meditation retreat. Maybe it's a yoga thing, but during that you find time to be alone mm. and journal. What is my dream? Yeah, yeah. What is my dream? And you allow yourself to dream like when you were five, six again mm. and say, if I could have anything because you can, what would it be? Mm. And then I walk out of the woods with the answer. Who knows? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Magic ring. Or yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, you might, you might have the answer. You might not. Right. But I think um, if you've got a plateau, I think you need space and time to step away. That's what I would suggest. I like it. Thanks. Even just taking a hike by yourself mm-hmm. without the phone and with just a pen and a piece of paper, mm-hmm. just to reflect. I think that's a good step and doing that consistently. So that's what I would prescribe. Cool. Um, final few questions. Yeah. I think this has been great. Sure. I want to make sure everyone gets this book. Uh, you're going to learn a lot in here. Born for this. How to, and everything that we've been talking about is not in the book, by not the way. In the book. Not, that's not what the book is about. It's not in the book. <laughs> How to find the work you were meant to do. But if you, uh, if you, feel, if you do feel stuck, because I think uh, this is for people that are in your situation who feel mm-hmm. stuck, plateau, you know, go back and read your book, <laughs> essentially. Uh, Born for this. How to find the work you were meant to do. I think that's what brings happiness and fulfillment, too, mm-hmm. when you find that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you can continue to grow in that process. So I think you guys will like the book. I'm in the last chapter, so make sure to check That's that right. out. Read the last chapter read, first if you want to. Back to front. Exactly. Um, and you can go to bornforthisbook.com. 
Um, and you've got a bunch of information there so people can check it out there, get the book, leave a review on Amazon, all that good stuff. You're at Chris Gillibo everywhere online. Do you want to spell the last name so people can, who are just listening? Yeah, it's like H-O-U-H-O-W-E-S. No, no, it's G-U-I-L-L-E-B-E-A-U. Perfect. Um, so make sure to go get that and, and support uh, Chris with his current quest. Uh, final few questions. What are you most grateful for today? I'm grateful for this conversation. Mm -hmm. I really am because I don't talk about this a lot. Yeah. So it's good. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And what are you most grateful for in your life recently? I am excited about the book. I am excited mm -hmm. not just about the book as a product, uh, but and you and I have talked about this before. Mm -hmm. I think some some business authors write books just to be part of their like marketing thing or something. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually like writing books and I like the process of going out and talking with people about the ideas and hearing how they can apply them in their life. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Cool. This is a question I've been asking people lately. If you had an, an unlimited amount of money handed to you right now to solve one problem in the world hmm. and you can only use it for one thing and you got one shot at it, what's the problem that you would want to solve? Right, right. Um, on a very practical level, I, I mentioned I lived in Africa for a time, and, and Scott Harrison, the founder mm -hmm. of Charity Water, is a very good friend of, of mine. So on a practical level, I think um, providing clean water for people everywhere yeah. is number one. If I would take it, you know, something that's more kind of related to what I'm doing, uh, helping people think for themselves more, mm -hmm. helping people, you know, make decisions for themselves, helping people like understand how to do those things that we've been talking about, how to find your perfect day, mm. how to, to get closer to the intersection of joy and money flow. The more and more people who are asking questions of themselves and of authority, I think that's, that's all for the better. So it's a very practical need for a lot of people in the world who don't have what we have. Um, but then for everybody who does have what we have, great power, great responsibility. Yeah. So how can we apply that more? Sure. Okay. Um, it's many, many years from now, and it's your last day, mm. but it's been a joyful, amazing ride, right? <laughs> and uh, you're you're healthy, everything, but sure. it's just the last day, and yeah. everyone's there to support you. Oh, wow. And it's a celebration. Mm. But for some reason, mm. every book you've ever written has been erased from time. Mm. Every blog post, gone. Every audio, gone. Yep, yep. This interview's dead, okay. right? And they say, you know, great-grandpa Chris, <laughs> great-great-grandpa, we, we got a piece of paper and a pen. And uh, we want you to write down three truths that you know to be true for yourself about everything you've learned in life. Wow. This is going to be essentially the only words we have okay. for, of you, lessons that we should apply to our lives, your three truths for us to to live by. So if I was the great grandpa in that situation, I'd probably have a little bit more time to think <laughs> you would have time. Like I'm yes, going to give a terrible, give a terrible answer I didn't give or something, a, you know, whatever's coming up for you right now. Yeah. And it may be different in a no, year. It's good. It's good. Um, three truths, you know, we, three truths it might just be one, you know, interconnected truth. Um, we, we did talk about gratitude. You know, I talked about my struggle in, in living up to this value that I very much adhere to. I think I would hope that the truth is, you know, somehow like if you get away from that center, find your way back mm -hmm. and maybe you find your way back by going in the woods uh, or maybe you find your way back by changing your career or making another fundamental change in your life or something totally different i have no idea but however you can get back to to that i think i think it's good so that's one truth can i just give you one one good one give me two more two more what else you got okay yeah, what all else right you got? all right um that could be the main one that's but. fine that's the center it's good 
do everything you can to explore and discover. Um, do make lists. There you go. Make a list. I've always been a big list guy. Make your list of, you, you don't have to call it a bucket list because that sounds mm -hmm. kind of atmospheric. It sounds kind of like, you know, things that'll never happen. Make your like five-year list, make your 10-year list, mm -hmm. you know, when you're 20, 25, 30, when you're 15, whatever, like here are all the things I'm going to, I want to do and then find a way to make those things happen. You know, I've, I've talked about some dissatisfaction in this interview and some struggles that I've had, but I do want to be clear that I've also had a lot of happiness and a lot of the happiness I have, I have had is by identifying big goals really, and saying like, I want, and as I've moved toward those goals, the goals have gotten bigger and I never would have had the vision to go to every country in the world had I not started traveling in the first place and going to five countries and 10 countries and then right. setting the goal to go to a hundred and then eventually everyone. Um, as you work toward things, I think you're, New you're things open up. Yeah, new things yeah. open up. So there you go. Work toward things. Um, what's that third truth? What's that third truth? Come on, like, Grandpa. What is yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Come on, man. I'm dying here. <laughs> like literally. Um, right. I think the the third truth, it has to relate somehow to this like inner satisfaction, this mm -hmm. inner peace. It has to relate to like being able to see yourself as part of the world, realizing you're not the center of the universe, right? But in your life, you are. Um, in your life, you can only own yourself. You can only own, you know, your own actions, your own growth, your weaknesses, um, your superpower, your kryptonite. Uh, but coming to terms with that, not in the sense of accepting defeat, not in the sense of accepting your, your limitations, um, but just realizing, mm -hmm. like, here, here is what you are supposed to do, you know, on mm -hmm. this planet what you were born to do in your life, in your relationships, in your career, and as much as possible, you know, creating convergence around that. Yeah, I love it. It's kind of like nothing matters in the outer world unless you master your inner world. Mm -hmm. I got one final question for you, but before I, I ask it, I got to acknowledge you, Chris. I acknowledge <laughs> you for coming down here and allowing me to ask you and keep diving into these questions. Good. I acknowledge you for... Man, everything you've been through, man, because I can only imagine what you're going through. And I know it's extremely challenging to face something that's really scary and uncomfortable and saddening, extremely saddening and upsetting and all these things. And I think you're doing it gracefully. Even though I don't, I don't think you're acknowledging yourself enough. I think you've done it gracefully. Most people would not be able to get through this and write a new book and show up and and you did this two days before you know two days before you did like the biggest event ever and you were graceful you weren't perfect you know you right, said right. things that you say i would never say that again sure, but sure. you still show up to serve the world and i think you don't give yourself enough credit that you should well thank you for saying that so i want to acknowledge you thank you yeah we should also maybe acknowledge the listeners and the viewers because there's probably some people who have also been through something yeah. difficult yeah and we should acknowledge their strength as well absolutely yeah so I appreciate you being on here. I got one final question for you. Okay. What's your definition of greatness? Is greatness different from happiness and purpose and fulfillment? Because I gave that answer of like mm -hmm. continuously improving, right? Yeah. Um, maybe that, maybe greatness is like exponential of that, right? Continuously improving, but then not just on like this trajectory, but somehow there's a jump, right? Mm -hmm. Somehow there's like a, no, I am going to go to that next level. And it's not necessarily this linear next level, right. right? But it's something like totally different. And I think that's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Chris Gillibo, thanks for coming on. Lewis House, thank you. Appreciate it. 
There you have it, guys. Thank you so, so much for listening and holding the space to uh, let Chris and I share some intimate and powerful messages at the same time. And uh, if you enjoyed this, make sure to share this out with your friends. Again, you guys are born for incredible things. You're born to do amazing things. And I want to get this message out for Chris because I think it really resonates with a lot of people. Again, the link is lewishouse.com slash 312. Share it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Tag me and Chris. Uh, you can get his handle and information on the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 312. I appreciate you guys. I love you. Thank you so much for being incredible human beings, for listening to this podcast, for sharing the message of greatness to your friends, and constantly stepping up to the next level in your life every single day. You guys rock, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing inspections negotiating analyzing the market and talking through any anxieties that may pop up that can make all the difference that's what the expertise of a realtor can do for you realtors are members of the national association of realtors and bound by a code of ethics because that's who we are Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.